Well, we're continuing on our series, Home Remedies. Thank you, choir, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Our series on home remedies, and uh, we, we need it, you know, and we've got an enemy, not just of our soul, but of our homes. He hates you, hates your home. And we've talked about the fact that he has a strategy of disintegration. Don't get tired of hearing this. It's helped us to think about this, to disintegrate, to disintegrate, to separate the parts of, to reduce down to nothing. It's a breaking down, a breaking up, a breaking apart uh, so that it's just powerless and, and has no effect. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He doesn't want to just ruin your morning. He wants to, he wants to break off truth from enduring to other generations. Because you come to know the truth and the truth will set you free. And Jesus wants you free. He wants you free. And he who the sun sets free is, is free indeed. Um, let's go ahead and read here. Well, before I do that, I, I normally take about six weeks on a series. And some of you have been around here for a while can remember. I used to take 20 weeks on a series, you know. And a few years ago, I had the Lord. I've, I really believe the Lord instructed me that uh, to spend about six and sometimes eight. And he would direct me on that. And, and that I felt it would be even more content rich. And, and the Lord's been honoring that. And I feel like we're to expand this series. And we're going to go eight weeks on that. This will be our fifth week. And that will take us right up to uh, the week after we finish will be then Palm Sunday and then Easter and then we're going to launch into another series on prayer after that called Pray for a Change. And that's kind of a double meaning there. But um, so we're going to be diving into this. And, and I cannot stress enough to you to make sure you're here that you that you get these messages. I was uh, this is how important this is. And this blessed me this morning. I was at a wedding last night and the newlyweds texted their parents this morning and said, uh, we're part of the Internet audience this morning. I got married last night and they're watching. Yeah. In, in their car on the way to their cruise on the app. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. So God bless that marriage. Really good. Give them free stuff on their trip and things like that. Proverbs 23, verse 3 and 4 in the Amplified Bible. Through skillful and godly wisdom is a house. And again, this is a metaphor. A house, a life, a home, a family built. And by understanding, and let me go back to that word built, we saw last week in the Hebrew, it means to build or to rebuild. And I guarantee you, we all need some building and some rebuilding. And this will do this. And by understanding, it is established or made firm and stable on a sound and good foundation. And by knowledge shall its chambers of every area be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. And so the very same things that God used to create the universe and to create paradise to start with, uh, his wisdom his knowledge, his understanding are the same things that God said will build and rebuild our life, our home, our families. And chances are, well, truth is, we've all blown it. How many of you know somebody that's blown it? How many of you would dare say, yeah, I, I have, I have. How many of you repeatedly probably, you know? Okay, but this is the point I want to make right now. This is not a house of condemnation. Uh, Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So what we're going to do is point you to him and what, and what he would have for his truths to help us in this. And uh, we're, we're aware, we know where we've fallen. We've all come short of the glory of God. But God, help us now where we are to build, to rebuild, to get things established. And, and as we were praying, to get the kingdom of God in our life and, and in our homes. So this is not, I want you to keep your window down. You know what I mean? 
How many of you know sometimes somebody talks to you and you roll your window? Do y'all even know what that means, roll your window up? Now, the, now there's a button, okay? Now I think you can even speak to your car. Windows up. You know, you know. Well, back a long time ago, you used to have to roll the window up, okay? And I can remember teachers in school, they'd start talking to me. You know, and roll the window up. And I'm, I'm there, but I can't hear you. Don't want to hear you, you know? So I don't want you to roll your window up, okay? Keep it down because you're safe. Because this is not a house of condemnation. It's a house of grace. It is a house of truth. We're going to give the truth on it, but it goes with grace. The problem with sin, the answer is Jesus, and he came full of grace, and he came full of truth. And it's a house of hope and a house of help and grace and peace and progress. And so let's, let's get the word of God and the spirit of truth is going to help us today. And I really believe this. What I'm going to share with you today is not up to anybody else. It's only up to you. No matter what anybody else wants to do at your house, this is up to you. And you're going to be able to, you are going to be able to inject some things into the very atmosphere of your home. And it's going to make a difference. Amen. You have to guard and cultivate an atmosphere where people can grow and heal. I'm going to say that again. You have to cultivate and guard an atmosphere in your home where people can grow and where people can heal. We've been talking about this a lot lately. Everybody has to have a place where they can prepare and where they can repair. You've got to have a place where you can get set and get centered and reset and refreshed and be safe about that. And then launch out into your day, out into the daylight, out into the daylight that's actually very dark into this world. And by the time you come home, and I don't care what your path is during that day, by the time you come home, you need repair. And you've got to have a place you can come back and you, and you can repair. And, and I believe this. There's only two places on the planet that that happens or is supposed to happen. Home and a life-giving church. Home and church. Home and church. And if you don't have those things going on in your life, um, it's extra dangerous out there. Recently, Alicia and I were in, in a restaurant. It's just her and I together. And uh, because all our kids are growing up and leaving us. Yeah, it's the worst thing my kids have ever done is grow up. So anyway, we we went to dinner by ourselves, which is happening more and more. And we're good about it. I mean, we're sad the whole time we talk about our kids. But I mean, we're but we're good. She's my best friend. I'm her best friend. We enjoy each other's company. We laugh. We cry. We have a good time together. So. We were out to eat, and our waitress, when she came up, and I could just kind of tell, you read people, it's kind of what we do as, you know, people, and she's depressed. And I not only could see it, I I felt it. I said something to Alicia when she walked away. I said, she's depressed. And I don't know this, but I knew this on the inside, that home is not healthy for her, and she's not in church. So if you don't have a healthy home and you're not in church, you don't have a place to prepare and to repair. And so you'll end up unraveled. You'll end up with your wheels off the track. You'll end up depressed and undone. And then the only thing you have because you don't have those places in your life are momentary refuges here and there. And we determined we will be that for these few moments we're in this restaurant. We will be a refuge. She'll smell the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ. She'll sense people carrying God's peace. And we don't have to preach to her. And to be kind to her and smile at her and make her look forward to coming to our table. And maybe God will use that. Maybe God will use that. But I'm telling you, listen to me, look at me. Home has to be healthy. 
And no matter what it is right now, God can help it. And what I'm going to share with you today will help. Amen. And, and you've got to keep yourself in church. I'm seeing more and more why the book of Hebrews says, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Because you've got to have a life-giving place where you can come and prepare and repair. And that's what we're doing this morning. Amen. Amen. I want to share something with you real quick out of our family that we refer to as the Easter disaster. We had uh, early, in the early days of the church and my, my kids. Did I mention my kids? Um, when my older ones were little, um, somebody blessed us with a huge uh, saltwater aquarium. And, I had, and, and he asked me, he said, Pastor, do you know what to do with this? I said, no. I said, let me try, though. And so I, like, killed fish the first week or two. And so, so he started sending a guy to bless me. Every, every week he would send a guy over and clean and do all this stuff. And we had beautiful fish, these tangs and clownfish and angelfish. I had a little shark and, you know, had, had all these. And then we'd, we'd buy some more and everything. It was, it was cool. And the kids just loved it. And we'd watch it. And it was beautiful right there in our living room. And... Um, well, let me back up then, or go to Easter. One Easter morning, I'm getting ready to come to church all excited. This is Resurrection Day, and I walk past the aquarium. And all my fish are swimming sideways and weird and, you know, upside down. And there's one floating on the top, and I'm shaking him. Swim, $30, swim, you know. <laughs> trying to get him going here. I told Alicia, I said, I don't know what's going on. We go, this is horrible. There's a massacre in the living room. They're like, you're doing all kinds of stuff. It's like, somebody has poured drugs in there, you know, and they she covered the whole thing with a towel so the children wouldn't see this horrible thing, you know. So I get home. Uh, well, she showed up at one of the later services and she said, honey, it's just awful, you know. And so, so I called the guy in the afternoon. I said, I don't know what's going on. So he sent the guy out to come look at it. And, and he said, hey, you know, have you, have you done anything different? I don't think so. He said, because it's important that everything is stable and balanced in this. And something's off to cause this to happen. So did you do anything different? He asked me again. I, I, don't, I don't know. And I said, the other day he gave me this, uh, or last week he gave me this bag full of water and these little tiny brine shrimp. And he said, pour those in, they'll love it. So I poured it in and they went nuts, just, you know, just eating it. And the kids are like, oh, awesome, you know. And so I went back to get some more and he wasn't there, the guy at the store. So I saw they had frozen like bars of that stuff and you could break off pieces and thaw them out in a cup and pour them in there and they'd just go nuts. And so I thought they like it and the kids like it. So we kept doing it. I mean, aren't you supposed to feed fish? Well, he said, what's happening is you've overfed them in their own waste has caused the ammonia level to come up so high it's scorching their own gills and they're just they're just dying he said pastor you killed your fish <laughs> now the takeaway of that stop looking at me that way um <laughs> the the takeaway really is this that environment had to be stable there are certain things you had to make sure got in that environment to keep it stabilized and what I want to do this morning is share some things that are stabilizers in the environment, in the atmosphere of your home. The goal for every one of us is to be happy. Help, you'll help me. Happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed like a tree. But if you take out stable, 
If you take out stable, then you don't have any lasting happiness, fruitfulness, or blessing. You've got to have stable in there. Stable is vital. So we're going to look at these. You not only want that for yourself, you want that for your home. So I'm going to give you some stabilizers. They all start with the letter S. We're going to do six or seven of these real quick this morning. Pay attention to these because, again, you can do these things. I don't care who else is there. You do these things. You can inject these things into the, in the very atmosphere of your home. First one is this. Sorry. Everybody say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now say it like you mean it. Say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, as a, a kid, my mom would make my brother and I or my sister and I apologize. Tell them you're sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you grab the back of your neck. Tell them again. I'm sorry. Never was, you know, but you finally adjust your tone. Sometimes my kids growing up at, at, at times, they go, sorry. You're what? I'm sorry. We've got to learn to say, I'm sorry. When you're wrong, you need to say you're sorry. Well, well pastor, see, that's the issue. I haven't, oh, I can't remember the last time I was wrong. Which brings us to the real point, which is Humility. We think everybody else is wrong. That's why we argue. That's why we fuss. Sometimes we know, but we keep fussing. Don't, don't, haven't you done that before? You know you're so wrong and you just keep, keep going. For what? For what? Because of pride. Because of pride. People are pointing at each other. <laughs> Get this though. In James 4, 6, it says, but he, God, gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud. Watch this. But gives grace to the humble. Here's the principle. Humility releases grace. Say it. Humility releases grace. And you're going to need grace in your home. You're going to need God's help and God's strength in your home. And listen clearly. Sometimes you might even be right. And when you're right, here's what you do. It's really not about being right. It's about being healthy in my home, in your home. Sometimes even if you might, might be right, you need to give the other person a way out. And get ready for this. Look at me for this one. And sometimes even though you think you might be right, you need to take the hit. Look at me. Jesus did. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He gave us a way out. In Matthew 5 verse 9 it says, blessed are the, watch this, blessed are the peacemakers. Look at the wording very carefully. For they shall be called weak. They shall be called what? Sons of God. God. What a strong thing that you are so about peace in your home. I'll take the hit. Doesn't mean that you admit to things that you have not done, but it just means, you know, you can say, I'm I'm sorry. I don't want this. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And genuinely, humbly do that. And God will release his grace into your home. And you're like, you'll be called sons of God. Daughters, children of God. Sorry. Number two, serve. Serve. Everybody say serve. Serve. Our master served. And he calls us to serve. In Galatians, it says, through love, serve one another. In, In the book of Matthew, Jesus was talking about the parable of the talents. And he said this, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Here's the, here's the principle of that. The joy 
is in serving. The joy is in serving. You're, you're lacking joy in your life. You need to check and make sure that you're serving. Here's what it boils down to. Listen to this. Serving, real serving, is a unique kingdom dynamic. You don't find it anywhere else. You have people serving in serving roles or whatever, but it's either for pay or they're under duress or whatever it would be. But genuine serving, heartfelt serving is a unique kingdom dynamic. And and watch what happens. When you serve, you release kingdom life and kingdom joy into wherever you serve. That's part of the joy and energy that you feel when you come to church because there there are hundreds of people serving. And you need to be serving. And listen, if you don't serve or if you, you quit serving at home, at church, and those are the places, you, you quit having a servant's heart, you'll go selfish. You'll go inward. You'll get hard. You'll get critical. And you'll diminish and void out kingdom life and kingdom joy that should be in you. You know, we don't ask you to serve just because we've got things that need done. We ask you to serve so you can be happy and healthy and have kingdom life and kingdom joy in your life. And at home, you need to serve one another. You're going to freak some people out at home if you just start serving them. (laughs) Just little things will do. Little things, big things, consistent things, surprise things. Just find ways. You can find ways to serve. And you're, well, I don't really feel like doing it. That's why it's called serving. The other is called play. And so, you know, this is... Serving, and it's a powerful, important thing that you do, that you serve. Number three is say. Everybody say say. Words are powerful. Words are so powerful. Proverbs 18.21 in the message paraphrase says, words kill. Look at this. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. I've got a couple other verses in several translations. Watch this. Colossians 4.6. Let your speech, say my speech, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. In the message paraphrase, same verse, be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not to put them down, not cut them out. Ephesians 4.29 in the New International, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, and that it may benefit those who listen. Same verse, Ephesians 4.29 in the message. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps each word, a gift. Same verse, Ephesians 4.29 in the Amplified Bible. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever. Everybody say ever ever come out of your mouth, but only, say only, only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others and as is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace God's favor to those who hear it. Words are powerful. No, words are powerful. And your tone matters. Can you imagine living in a home where everybody, the words that were spoken were only to build you up, were only to encourage you and to help you? Can you imagine? Why don't we make our homes that? And tone matters. Tone matters. Let's stop being harsh. 
When you use harsh tones, it's like burning trash indoors. Could you imagine? Now listen to me. Look at, look at me for this. Words matter. Watch this. Most of your wounds are because of words. Get this. And most of your courage, most of your confidence is because of words. Words matter. We have a little saying in our house. Build up or hush up. Build up or hush up. God help us to get that into our homes. Amen? Amen. Let's move on. Seek. Everybody say seek. Seek means to look for, to try to find. The scripture tells us seek and you will. Jesus said seek and you will. Think about that. Seek and you will find. Find what? You'll find what you were seeking for. This is a law. This is a principle. You're going to find what you're looking for. If you want to see if you have, oh, I want to see if I have a a tumor or a weird spot on my body somewhere. I promise you, you're going to find one. And it might not be a tumor. It might be a rib or or an old BB that's lodged in your skin. I mean, you're going to... (laughs) Listen, what you seek, you're going to find. So I want to tell you two things to seek, okay? Two things to seek in your home, in your life. Seek good. Seek good. Look for, try to find good. All right, now now listen, I don't know your house, but I'm just guessing here. You're going to go, there is no good. Try to find it. Expect, I'm going to find some good. The law of God is I'm going to find some I'm going to find some good. Try to find good. And, and listen, try to catch somebody in your family doing good and, try to, and, and doing right. Try to catch somebody doing right. Try to catch them doing good and commend them. Praise them. Reward them. And you know what? What gets rewarded gets repeated. So seek, God, uh, seek good. And I gave you the other one. The second one is this, seek God. Seek God. No matter what's going on at your house, no matter what's going down at your house, you need to seek God. In um, uh, Deuteronomy four twenty nine, it says, But if, if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Listen, re- remember this. There is nothing that is locked that God cannot either unlock or show you the key. So no matter what's going on, seek God. Seek God. I'm going to tell you again, it might seem locked. We, we don't know what to do here. Seek God and he will either unlock it or he'll show you the key. So seek, seek good and seek God. Amen. Number five, so, so everybody say so. Galatians six, verse seven and eight. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows. Look at that. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. You've got to sow. What do you sow for? You sow for the harvest that you want. It's springtime now. How many of you are getting your garden in the ground? Any garden, any gardeners here? Okay. How many of you have heard of gardeners? You know what, you know what? Okay. I am a retired gardener myself. Actually, it was more than I signed up for. You got to pull weeds. You got to do stuff like that. It's like, I just want the pretty stuff that's on the picture on the, 
on the envelope. I, what's all this other stuff? So I quit. I quit. I, I mean, I retired. But um, you sow for the harvest you desire. Well, how do we apply that in our home? You do something toward what you want to happen in your home. You don't sit back fussing, fuming, worrying about why. I wish this would change. I wish that would happen. I wish this would be here. You know, you've got to do something toward that. You've got to sow toward that. Job 4.8 says this. Even as I have seen those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. Proverbs 11.18. He who sows righteousness will have a sure reward. And so listen, whatever a man sows... That he will also reap. Look, look at me for this. If you don't like the harvest that you're getting at home right now, blame everybody. No, if you don't like the harvest, you need to check the seed that you're sowing. You need to check what you're doing and make those adjustments so you can sow. Because it's a law of God, a law of God, what you sow, that you're also going to reap. Amen? How many of you are glad this is not a house of condemnation? <laughs> and number six, smile. Smile. Go ahead and do that too. Smile. You know, smiling is the quickest form of sowing and reaping. You're actually wired so that when you see a smile, unless you're all broken and super grumpy, when you see a smile, you respond with a smile. It's, it's quite contagious. A smile signals kindness. This your face. The scripture also refers to as your countenance, your face. You know what this is? This is your billboard right here. And with it, you tell people all kinds of things. Amen. Y'all are telling me stuff right now. <laughs> uh, but with this, you're, you tell folks stuff. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was, I was away at school and I walked into a restaurant one night and it was just me. And there were like three, four people standing at the hostess stand, all working there. And they're just like, you know, just waiting for somebody. And I walked in and I didn't know who to look at. I mean, there's like four of them. And then one of them smiled. Okay, you. And it's a signal. It's a signal to us. And we need to, we need to smile. It signals kindness. And listen to me. Some of you have lost your smile. Some of you have forgotten how to smile. And it's a heavy world out there. And we've got to be conscious of this. Listen, we've got to get, you've got to get your smile back. You got to get your smile back. I see people all the time like that. The other, the other day, Alicia and I were in a place of business and it had two doors to leave. And when we were leaving, I mean, I, I just went out this door and, and she was going out that door and we're like across the place and, and it's all going to converge at the same place. But we're going out different doors. And I just kind of looked at her. And then we, when we got outside, she said, you looked angry. I went, I'm sorry. I said, well, I'm not. She said, you looked it. I said, wow. It's like, I don't, I don't want to be that. I don't want to do that. I, I see some people that's so tied up in life and stuff and everything going on. They just, you know, just go around. And, and let me just warn you, and I love you all, but the older you get, please be aware of this. Because some of you are. And I love you. Sorry. It signals kindness. It tells, it tells something. 
It said something. And you know what we've got to do? We've got to lift your eyes and smile and your face and your posture and practice it. Practice it every day. Get in the mirror. In the mirror. And I'm, I'm serious as I can be. Practice your smile. And some of y'all I'm going to recommend about three times an hour. So go in the bathroom. Look at your coworkers. Go. You go in the bathroom again? It's none of your business. Okay. We come back with a smile. Your smile affects you, and it affects others. I've I've got some research here. The science of smiling. What happens to our brain when we smile? Neuronal signals travel from the cortex of your brain to the brain stem, the oldest part of our brains. And from there, signals the cranial muscles. It carries the signal further toward the smiling muscles in your face. Once the smiling muscles in our face contract, there's a positive feedback loop that now goes back to the brain, sending signals, releasing chemicals, and reinforcing our feelings of joy. And you can just by... I'm going to smile, get that positive feedback loop going. You can feel it even in your chest cavity. Part of the research says it's the same as if somebody handed you money or gave you chocolate. <laughs> now you're smiling. And just to get that going, it affects, it affects you. It affects you. And, and not a fake smile. Have you ever watched these court shows sometimes and somebody... You know, they're being interviewed. They think they killed their wife or something or whatever. And they're, they're acting like they're all crying. And there's no tears. Listen, listen to me. Uh, I'll show you a picture. I can't show it to you up close, really. You see this? These, these circles here? The muscles here and the muscles here are connected. And so it happens in your eyes, too. Part of smiling in Scripture in the original language is light in your eyes. Light in your eyes. And you know what? People in your life, in your family, if the light's gone, if they're, if they're not smiling, you need to check on them. You don't check, you'll, and at least pray for them. But check on them. You've got to get that light back. You've got to get your smile back because it affects you. And you know what else? It affects others. It affects others. Proverbs 15.30 says this. The light in the eyes. Here it is. The light in the eyes of him whose heart is joyful does what? Rejoices the hearts of others. Rejoices the hearts of others. And then Psalm 144, 15 says this. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. And we claim to be the happiest people on the earth. And we go around grumbling and grinding about, about everything. You know what? You need, you need to get your smile back. Your family is going to freak out. You start saying, I'm sorry. And you're not harsh. And you're serving. And you're smiling. They go, I don't know what the deal is. Let me smell your breath. They're going to think something's up. I've got one more for you and then we'll quit this morning. Sorry, serve, say, seek, sow, smile, stand. In Ephesians, in the context of spiritual battle, struggle, War, it says, and having done all to stand, stand. What does that mean? It means you need to get yourself prepared and positioned that you're at a place where I will stand. I will endure. I will wait 
I'm here. I've got myself together spiritually. That come what may, go what has to, I will stand. I will, having done all to stand in this battle, in this struggle, I will stand. I will stand for some things. I will stand against some things. When I stand for something, it means I will position myself spiritually. I will stand until it comes. And when I stand against something, it means I will prepare myself. I will position myself spiritually. I will stand until this goes. And you're going to have to stand. You've got to have some endurance and get yourself positioned in God. He will fill you with his grace. He will help you. His spirit, his word, his truth will do a work in you. But you've got to get it. But you've got to have some endurance. I mean, by January 3rd, we quit our New Year's resolutions. You know, I heard somebody say, I'm on a 30-day diet. So so far, I've lost 20 days. You know, it's... My son told me the other day, he read this, he says, I missed going to the gym today. That makes five years now, you know. <laughs> now look at me, all kidding aside, stand in your home. I'm spiritually getting myself ready and positioned. I will stand until the things that I want and need to come till they come. And there's other things that need to go and I will take my stand. Until those things go. And that's a spiritual position that you take. Let's get all these things together. And you know what? Nobody else has to do these things. They will. You do these things. And start to inject these stabilizers into the atmosphere of your home. And you're helping to cultivate an atmosphere where people can grow. And people can heal. And where the kingdom of God can break in with power. With joy. With peace. Home's going to be better than it is right now. Amen. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord Jesus.